The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to this Day in History class, a show that gives a quick look at something that happened a long time ago today. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're celebrating the day when a British comedy troupe, and one American, did a silly walk onto the world stage and changed comedy forever. The day was Sunday, October 5th, 1969. At just before 11 p.m., the first episode of the groundbreaking comedy series Monty Python's Flying Circus premiered in the United Kingdom. The debut episode was titled Wither Canada and featured memorable sketches such as Famous Deaths presented by Mozart and my personal favorite, an interview with Arthur Toucheds Jackson, a man saddled with a ridiculous nickname after mentioning in passing that he was considering buying a second shed, even though he never did. No, no, look, this shed business, it doesn't really matter at all. It's just a few friends call me Two Sheds, and that's all there is to it. Fed up with a shed that I wish never got in the first place. I expect you're probably thinking of selling one. Well, we'll sell one. Then you'd be Arthur No Sheds, Jackson. Look, <laughs> forget about the sheds. It doesn't matter. Uh, Mr. Jackson, I think with respect, we ought to talk about your symphony. The men responsible for writing these sketches were the same team who performed them. Graham Chapman, John Cleese, Eric Idle, Terry Jones, Michael Palin, and the lone American, Terry Gilliam, 
They were joined in that first episode, and in many future ones, by Carol Cleveland, one of the few women to make steady appearances on the show. Although some of the main six performers had worked together on various earlier projects, it was the network's comedy advisor, Barry Took, who had the bright idea to bring them all together on the BBC. The style of the show owed a lot to the work of Spike Milligan, a British-Irish actor and comedian who created a surreal radio program called The Goon Show, and later made the jump to television with the equally surreal sketch comedy show Q5. All of the Pythons were big fans of Spike's show, especially the way he played with and subverted the conventions of TV comedy. Terry Jones later spoke of the inspiration, saying, quote, We had been writing quickies, or sketches, for some three years, and they always had a beginning, a middle, and a tagline. Suddenly, watching Spike Milligan, we realized that they didn't have to be like that. Feeling liberated by Spike's example, the Pythons developed a show that followed only the loosest of narratives. The sketches would flow from one to the next, sometimes ending abruptly, with the only link between them being absurdist cartoons created by Terry Gilliam. Once the form of the show was decided, and much of the material had been written, it was time to think of a title, one that would capture the same gleeful, chaotic spirit of the sketches. So in the summer before the premiere, the Python started cycling through a host of potential titles. In fact, they came up with a new non-sequitur name for every script they submitted. At various points in production, the series was called Baron Von Tuch's Flying Circus, Owl Stretching Time, The Toad Elevating Moment, and A Horse, A Spoon, and A Basin. Eventually, the BBC head of comedy got so agitated with the ever-changing titles that he sent a memo to the show's director, imploring him to make the team choose a definitive title, and preferably one that made at least a little sense. In the end, the show was called Monty Python's Flying Circus, but only because the network told the group they had already printed the programming schedule with that name, and it couldn't be changed. It's unclear whether that was true, or if the BBC had just lost its patience and didn't want to risk getting stuck with anything weirder. As for the name Monty Python, that was just as meaningless as the earlier titles. Eric Idle suggested using Monty as a nod to the stereotype of a drunk British gentleman, and John Cleese added the surname Python after suggesting that the ringleader of their flying circus should have a suitably slippery name. Internal memos from the BBC reveal that many higher-ups at the network were concerned about the show's chance of success. One executive wrote that the Python's comedy went, quote, over the edge of what was acceptable, and the network's entertainment chief wondered if the group had some sort of death wish. After the first episode aired, the BBC polled its viewers and got an overall positive response. The number of viewers wasn't great, but those who had tuned in liked what they saw. By the end of the first season, the show's ratings had picked up, and the BBC ordered a new batch of episodes. Monty Python's Flying Circus remained on the air from 1969 to 1974. The series concluded after four seasons, with a total of 45 episodes, 
an eternity in British television. Syndicated reruns made the show a cult classic for decades to come, both in its native country and beyond, but there was a point when the episodes themselves were almost lost to history. In 1971, Terry Jones caught wind of a money-saving practice at the BBC that saw used videotapes being erased and then reused to record new programming. At the time, shows weren't often re-aired and videotapes were expensive. It made fiscal sense to erase and reuse the same tapes instead of buying new ones. When Jones learned that the early episodes of Flying Circus were next up on the chopping block, he told the group, and Terry Gilliam came to the rescue. He bought all the original tapes from the BBC, ensuring that their work would continue to offer fans something completely different for generations to come. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed the show, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHC Show. And if you have any advice on whether or not I should buy a second shed, you can send it my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you as always for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.